0: Hey, everybody. Nathan King here with the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to just remind everybody of our promo we have running right now with our sponsors, Home Field Apparel. You guys can go to homefieldapparel.com and new customers can get 15% off their first purchase with the code Auburn Undercover. That's Auburn Undercover, all one word, all caps. If you guys don't know, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know what Home Field Apparel is, it's a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. It's incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs, including a lot of really, really cool Auburn stuff. You guys know better than anybody that Auburn's got some really cool old logos and designs from back in the glory days. And so they've taken advantage of that and gone back, made some really creative sweatshirts and T-shirts and even some joggers. You guys go check it out, home field apparel. Dot .com they just launched a new auburn shirt on October 9th that's honoring auburn's first national championship season back in 1957 what they did was and homefield goes back and they dig through all kinds of old archives in order to find the coolest designs they can they can get their hands on they went back and found a postcard that was from that 1957 team that auburn sent out and has a picture of an old obby holding up the Associated Press 1957 National Championship trophy. So if that sounds cool to you, you guys can go to homefieldapparel.com and get that on a t-shirt. And you can get 15% off that purchase if it's your first purchase. Again, the code is Auburn Undercover, all one word. That's Auburn Undercover, all one word, homefieldapparel.com. <laughs> Welcome back everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn undercover podcast on the 24 seven sports network. My name is Nathan King joined here with Jason Caldwell for our recap show of the Auburn Texas A&M game. Uh, Not a pretty one. The Tigers uh, go and and have a dud on the road in College Station, uh, only scoring three points, no offensive touchdown for them. Lowest point total since the 2019 iron bowl, when they got shut out 49, nothing in that game, Auburn loses 20 to three to Texas A&M. So going to go over the game here with Jason, just wanted a, a quick programming note. We're going to make these post-game podcasts a little bit shorter, just kind of go over the basic stuff that happened in the game. That way we can have more to expand on last week, um, or that we can have more to expand on on Mondays. Cause last week you did, we did an episode on Monday after Brian Harson and uh, got some pretty good reception on that. So this will be kind of just quick hit. We'll go over everything um that happened in the game and then monday we'll break it down in a little bit more detail with kind of the context of brian harson's comments from watching the film on uh, on sunday so jason you were down on the field um and we were just talking about before the show started probably the worst part of the game not probably definitely the worst part of the game for auburn um was the line of scrimmage more so on offense and the defense had a lot of great moments um but also the defense too. You, you wrote about after game they, they had they had trouble stopping the run for Texas A and M. But for me, and I think for most people, it really started with the offensive line's inability to block tonight.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of filtered through. We've seen it, you know, time and time again. Um, the offensive line triggers everything else on offense, and we saw it Saturday, much like we see. You know, it, it didn't happen as much this year against Georgia. Um, it was more, you know, drops some passes, do those things. They actually. I thought they played better against Georgia than they did today against Texas A&M. I thought it was the worst offensive line game of the year for Auburn. Um, Texas A&M's defensive front is really good. That front seven's good. I thought they did a great job of bringing pressures, and Auburn looked really lost. Uh, those guys, they gave up, you know, you know, un, un, unfiltered blitzers so many times that uh, it made it really difficult for them to get going. I mean, you look in um, the, the story of the game for me – Bo Nix did not play well. There's no question about that. But they're in third and eight, third and nine, third and 12 all day long, and you're just not going to win a whole lot of those matchups. Uh, even when you have great play at every position, when you're struggling to block guys, it, it's, it's next impossible to, to, to convert a bunch of third and longs. And the other part of the equation is, as we have talked about it all year long, we'd seen some improvement in that wide receiver group. But Saturday, we saw a defense that said, look, I don't care. You're not going to beat me deep. They played tight coverage. They dared Auburn to try to throw the ball deep. And, and they didn't have time to do it. And, and you know, there were a couple – I think Auburn probably – I say three realistic chances to make plays on Saturday down the field. Um, didn't come up with any of those. Uh, one was a poor throw. A couple of them, guys, you know, didn't make a catch or, or didn't fight for the ball. But all in all, it was, it was a game that we've seen the past few years where if you're not good enough, especially on the offensive line, it makes it really, really difficult to go and win a game, you know, against a team like Texas A&M, and that was the biggest takeaway for me. Uh, Auburn, I thought, you know, defensively did, did well enough to win the game, um, made, made some plays when they needed once again. You know, but once again, you, you give up, you know, 400 yards. you Give up 217 yards rushing. Texas a was able to to move the ball within the 20s um, and kind of control some field position. Um, and you know, those those were the plays, turnovers. Um, to you know, really one big turnover, the, the, the interception at the end didn't really factor in. But you know, the fumble that led to the touchdown. I mean, that's uh, those are plays you can't make. And uh, I thought I thought I saw a team that that after about the middle of the third quarter, I thought after Anders Carlson missed field goal, I saw a team that started to scramble and press a little bit there at the end of the game. They didn't play that way early. They just didn't you know, make a lot of plays. I thought that missed field goal and then, you know, Texas a and them going down to get the field goal, it, six of three felt like, uh, you know, ten points um, in that game.
0: And, and Auburn played like that down the stretch. Yeah, we so we were tracking all night uh how well Auburn's defense was playing on third down. It, you know, Texas A&M was going <laughs> 0 for 5, 0 for 6, 0 for 7, 0 for 8 on third down. For as good as Auburn was on defense, for as bad as Texas A&M was on third down, Auburn had a worse percentage kind of going along with what you're saying. Auburn was 0 of 5 put themselves in five third and long situations didn't convert any of them. And the average third down distance, I guess this is the bigger the bigger stat for as well as Auburn's defense played. Um, Auburn's Auburn's average distance on third down was 8.1 yards. That's across every single third down. Um, yeah. Texas A&M's was 6.8. That's supposed to be, you know, Auburn got them in such bad situations. 8.1 yards was your average. So Auburn players have been talking about it all season. Um, not winning on first and second down is going to put you behind the chains in bad situations. Um, I tend to agree with you that that I thought the offense played better against Georgia. I think this is easily their worst offensive performance of the season. People are going to circle around back to it, but and this is something somebody asked me tonight That's an interesting question. Um, what quarterback would perform better? I wonder in this offense right now, than Bo Nix, I guess just kind of I'm not saying that they needed to put a different quarterback in there. Cause they didn't, he would have, he would have been the best in this game by far. Um, but I guess what are the tropes right now between the offensive line and the receivers and Bo Nix that just aren't working? Because I think this game more than the past couple games it was maybe a little bit of Bo's struggles as opposed to before in the season. I kind of thought, well, it's mostly on the O-line and the receivers, but I, I thought he had some of his own issues today. Yeah. Uh, and
1: then you know, the, I, I think it's, I think it was a combination of everything today. Today reminded me more of uh, uh, maybe – no, not really Penn State. It, it reminded me a little bit of Georgia State. Um, I, I didn't think Bo played as bad today as he did against Georgia State but I thought it was the same type of game where the offense never looked like they were in in sync in rhythm. Um, never had a, I mean, you know, it it comes back to this too. Um, you got to take me to hunter. Um, when is the last time Auburn had an explosive run? I'm not talking about a 15 yard run. I'm talking about a 50 yard run, a 40 yard run that you've got to have a couple of those every now and then, um, to help out. Um, that's how you put up big-time rushing stats. We haven't seen those either. Um, and, you know, you look today at the thing that – there's two, there's two stats that jumped out to me today. The first one was that, that when you start looking at, at Auburn's offense, that the wide receivers caught five passes. Five passes. Auburn threw the ball 40 times. Um, some of that's on, on Bo Nix. Some of that's on those guys not making plays, not getting off coverage. Not you know it's it it was a little bit of everything. The other thing that jumped out to me was, for as good as Auburn's defense played, um, your top three tacklers were all defensive backs. That's never a good sign. Uh, they 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 bowed up when they needed to, but there were not a ton of plays made at the line of scrimmage. It was it was kind of boom or bust for Auburn's defense. There were a lot of tackles for losses on first downs. There were also a lot of fourteen yard runs on first down. Um, you had the big pass play uh, today was the day where I, I I don't know had to go back and look I would guess the Texas A probably had eight plays of, of 10 yards or more they might have had more than that um, and they were able to move and, and you know kind of create some field position issues do some of those things but in the end you got you got to be better than that uh, with offense uh, to give yourself a chance to win and you um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this one. Uh, you know, you, we see we seen Georgia, seen Texas A and M, um, Alabama will be similar. I don't think they're as good up front as either one of these two teams are. You are not going to face anybody else that that's as good as that, um, and maybe you are you are able to get away with it. But to get to the next level, to get to where you want to go as a program, you got to be able to man up. In, on days like this, and, and Auburn did, you know, as we as mentioned our two-minute drill, there was one team that had more dudes than the other. Um, more of those dudes on the line of scrimmage today were, were in Maroon, and, and they weren't in white. Well, and
0: people are going to circle back, as they should, as, as you always should, to recruiting. Um, Texas A&M, before the game started, gets the number one player in the class. He's a defensive tackle, so um, obviously that kind of stuff matters. For you moving forward, like you said, This, I feel like everyone's kind of looking at this game with a broad scope. Um, This one, not so much about this season and, oh, how can Auburn fix its offensive issues the last three games? Because this is year one. I think it's more of how can Harson moving forward avoid these kinds of games that, like you said at the beginning, resemble some of the worst games of the Gus Malzahn era. And legitimately, one of the reasons Auburn got rid of Gus is because they were tired of going into big road spots um, and putting up bad offensive performances like this. How much is, of that is recruiting for Harson moving forward? and just kind of what are your thoughts on on how he can continue, how he can avoid these gus like games? Obviously everyone's gonna have duds every once in a while. Um, but when Auburn has them, they're, they're, they're you know 200 yards offense and three points that, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think what it shows you <coughs> excuse me,
1: what it shows you is, is there's only so much you can scheme. There, there's only so much you can draw up and, and try to execute um, if you're not good enough to block the guys on the other side. And we saw that once again. We've seen it when, when Auburn's played Georgia. At times, we've seen it when Auburn's played Alabama. Um, but it, 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 was, it was very present um, on Saturday at Kyle Field that um, they weren't good enough um, to block those guys up front and they weren't good enough outside to make them pay for playing press man in, in one-on-one situations. We've talked about it since the spring. What are the, the two areas of concern? Wide receiver was number one. And then offensive line, would they be able to, to take a next step? I think they've improved. I think Will Wilfred's done a really good job. But there's I think that there's a, a very low ceiling um, for this group. And, um, you know, I think we saw that again on Saturday. And I think it's – it's part of the evolution. I think recruiting is a huge part of it. Um, you got to get those guys in, prepared and ready to go. Um, that can be physically ready um, to take on you know teams like Texas A and M and Georgia and some of those and hold your own um, until you get there. You got to play. I won't say you got to play perfect, but you you know you look at the opportunities today. Like I said, three or four maybe realistic opportunities for any kind of explosive play for Auburn today in a normal game you should have a dozen of those opportunities because you're only going to make about a third of them anyway um there weren't many of those opportunities for Auburn on Saturday
0: yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure how long it's been since this has happened but um Auburn's biggest play of the day in terms of yardage was 15 yards um that great catch by Luke Deal to move the chains it was going to be a 21-yard completion to Kobe Hudson before they ruled that incomplete but um Auburn didn't have an explosive, you know, some people vary on the definition of an explosive play. Is it 20 yards or is it 30 yards? Um, if your definition is 20 yards, Auburn didn't have an explosive play of 20 yards or more today. Their longest play of the entire day um, was 15 yards. And that's, you know, that's what Brian harson has been preaching all season. He said it after the game, you know, if somebody asked him, how come you weren't able to get over that hump? You know, you just kept hitting your head against a wall. What did you need to get over that um, and put some points on the board. And he said, you know, you need the spark. You need to make two or three plays, and that'll put you right back in the game. Um, and Auburn wasn't able to do that. Jason, there were some, a lot of interesting results as the night went on, especially in the SEC. But it seems like, you know, Alabama is going to be really tough. They're one of the best teams in the country, but they're looking kind of more mortal um, the more games that they play. But South Carolina came through with a really big win. I mean, that's a pretty lifeless Florida team, but that's a good win for South Carolina at home. Um, and then Mississippi State lost on a, on a, on a missed field goal at the buzzer, but still looks like a pretty good team that's coming to Auburn next weekend. So uh, the last three games of the season, pretty much every week, it's not going to be a gimme for Auburn, especially after what we just saw at Cal Field.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about that a few weeks ago. There wasn't a game I didn't think this team could win, but there also wasn't a game I didn't think this team could lose. Um, we've seen both sides of that coin the last two weeks. Against Ole Miss, you go, hey, man, that's a team that can beat anybody. And you see today, that's a team that can lose to anybody. Um, that's the difference in execution. Uh, and like you said, make a play. It's, it's hard to line up and drive the ball 75 yards when you don't have a play over 20 yards, because if every play you have is six or seven yards, you might mix in a 15. You're talking about eight or nine plays, no penalty, no mistakes. And, and this team is, is just not good enough for that right now. And, uh, you know, when you're playing behind the chains, Against, uh, against anybody, it makes it difficult. But we saw Saturday, when you play behind the chains against a team that will pin their ears back and come get you, and they've got some guys that can, that can do it,
0: then, then you're asking for trouble. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes over the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, pretty much, like you said, <laughs> every team left on the schedule, obviously Alabama is, is you know, bona fide a good team. Um, but the other two teams, Mississippi State and South Carolina, have kind of given teams problems at different spots of the season and it looked like pretty formidable opponents. So uh, it'll be an interesting last third, excuse me, last fourth of the season. Now only three games left in the regular season. Um, thanks to Jason for, uh, for hopping on the podcast. We're going to, like I said, we're going to recap it in more depth on Monday. Once we start to get some context from Brian Harson um, after he and the coaches go over the film, that'll be our schedule moving forward. We'll do these a little bit more quick hit and then also have the shows on Monday. So we'll let Jason get some sleep in Texas. He's heading out on a flight in the morning. So Jason, y'all be safe. Thank you guys so much for listening to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review. Uh, the intro and outro bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You can find them on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And until the next episode, we will catch up with you guys later. Everybody, enjoy your Sunday.